Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection, and this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, driving versus receiving, driving versus receiving, um, that's a loose starting point. Um, there's a lot to process with you all. I had three events this week. That in and of itself, in and of themselves, it would be worth talking about them, like talking about each event and unpacking it. Um, so I have a desire to do that. But I also have this overarching impression that's inside of me. Um, if those of you who've been following me, you know, an impression when I talk about an impression is like knowing something is there. But I don't have anything tangible yet to represent the impression. So I can I can sense that something is there intuitively, not intuitively sensing, not sensing sensing according to Carl Jung's functions. But I can intuitively sense that something is there. I can probably talk around it, but I cannot exact it. I cannot exact it with words. And so intuitively, there's an overarching theme that sits underneath this idea of driving versus receiving. And I'd love to just like attempt to exact that if, if possible. Like, can I put that into words? I'd love to spend some time unpacking that. And I think... I think also, I think related to all of it, honestly, is this next level space that I'm in. I did an episode about a month or so ago uh, about next level growth. And I finally made some decisions in my life that have opened up, opened me up to new ways of living and not, not new as in accidental new ways, but new ways of living based on like this thing that I've been trying to mastermind. But again, having a vision of that thing at an intuitive impressions level, but not at an exact level. So I'm I'm masterminding a number of things. And most of what I'm masterminding is very concrete as it relates to business. Then I started moving into masterminding lifestyle and I have a portion of that exacted already. But there's a portion of the lifestyle that I'm masterminding that is still in intuitive space. And if you know anything about INTJs, I don't know if this is for INFJs, but definitely INTJs, we will mastermind things and not always have a consciousness of what we're masterminding. But we're masterminding all the same, going after something. So there's something about lifestyle that I've been going after that is driving me. And I can't exact it, and it's been okay for the most part. I'm fine because I've been exacting something else. Well, I feel like I've hit a point in my journey where it's no longer to exact the business vision, the business mastermind, and this lifestyle masterminding, kind of just allowing that to be more happenstance. So anyway, those are the three things that are on me this morning, or excuse me, this afternoon. 
the three events that I had this week that I like to unpack this impression around driving versus uh, receiving. And then this third thing about intuiting um, a lifestyle goal, a lifestyle ma- um, masterminding a portion of the lifestyle that I haven't been able to exact yet. So I don't really know where we're going to go, but I'm going to loosely say my starting point is driving versus receiving. Hey, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory, the two theories that I use the most. I have the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time is in leadership. Politically, I lean into tenets of critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to race, class, gender, sexuality. This project is unedited, unscripted. To know more about it or me, go to my website, yournidom.wordpress.com. Boom. All right. For those of you who really are new and you heard me rushing towards the end of that, I, those were called my disclaimers. I read those. At, I, I don't read them, actually. I recite those in every episode because um, I think the way I describe this project online is that it's a project about personal development and personality theory, and which is true. But there there's this nuance that I bring to that conversation about personal development and personality theory that's related to my identities. And so I always want people who are new to this project to, to understand those nuances. And, um, the husband and wife team that I talk about from the whole, um, I think personality hacker and they, I've recently heard them say, I don't know what episode it was, but I recently listened to an episode where they was like, there's so much that gives us flavor and that you can't limit your individuality or your individuation to simply personality theory. It's just so much more. And I've been talking about that for a while, which is why I started putting those disclaimers in this project. This project is three years old, and I started putting those disclaimers in fairly early. Like, I think I think the second season, and this is we're in season seven right now. But anyway, so if you're new, I just gave you my disclaimers, and I try to get those all in with the setup of the episode in the first five minutes, but sometimes the setup of the episode takes a little longer, especially when I'm not really sure how I want to enter into the reflection. And then I feel rushed to do those disclaimers. So that's what, what you just heard me trying to get everything in, in five minutes. So, so I feel a little heavy and I don't know if you guys can hear it. And I don't know why, like, on this, like on one level, everything is great. And I feel like I've been in this space for a few weeks, actually, where I can feel low. And then when I go and try to process why I'm feeling low, um, I'm like, this is ridiculous because the plan is working. And as an INTJ, I'm motivated to plan. I'm excited when a plan rolls out the way it's supposed to. I love it. And even part of the plan is to acknowledge and make room for highs and lows. Well, here you have it. Um, So I don't really understand why I'm low because the plan is working. I will say, I mean, you guys have been, if you've been following this project, you know, 
I'm dealing with um, a very close person who's uh, facing a terminal illness. And in light of the other people who I've lost in the last four to five years, um, this just complicates that, like how I've tried to make peace of other people who faced life and death and who succumbed to death and to have to deal with this again and with this particular person, which is very, very close to me. And so, and, and if you've been listening in season seven, I've been more transparent about the complications of that relationship. It's been very hard. I have had a little guilt, not a lot, but a little guilt about processing it out loud in this project. I don't have guilt talking about it privately, but to make, to memorialize the turbulence of that relationship, to memorialize the conflict is to lock it in. Like if I just have a random conversation with somebody, there's nothing to lock that conversation is, but here on this podcast, when I'm talking it and I'm recording it, I'm locking it in and now it becomes a fixture and I don't really like that, but I have felt that it was really imperative to my own personal growth and wellness for me to confront that turbulence and that conflict, that, that pattern of, and you guys have heard me talk about it, that pattern of confronting the conflict and then allowing it to kind of move away and I'll go into something else as though the conflict doesn't exist anymore is it's not it's not good it's not healthy and it's not allowing me to really confront what's in front of me what it is that I'm dealing with it's like I'm dealing with something and I'm not really confronting it so I keep dealing with it on repeat because I'm not dealing dealing with it. And that that speaks to this idea of driving versus receiving. So I'm like receiving the conflict. I experience the conflict. I receive it. I might bitch and moan about it. I might complain about it. And then once I deal with that, and then I move on until it comes up again. And on one level, that might seem normal, but that's not for me. I'm very strategic very strategic, very proactive, and and I'm very, like, uh, not just results-oriented, but when I notice that there's a problem, I solve it. I solve it, I resolve it, I move on. So hopefully you can imagine how unsettling this is for me to have an experience, and I'm I'm not in front of it. I'm not strategizing or, and maybe I am, and maybe it's not something for me to strategize or maybe the strategy that I need to deploy. I'm unwilling to do that, but either way, I'm not getting in front of it. I'm not solving it. I'm not resolving it, but then I allow it to go away. I allow it to go away. It gives the impression that it's resolved. It's not resolved. I'm just not dealing with it anymore until something manifests, then gets big. And then I have to confront it. It's just this stupid loop. And you guys have been a witness to it. And while I don't enjoy, I'm not, I'm not happy about sharing that in this project. I keep it all the same because I believe this is the work for me because this is a very real phenomenon that I am facing. And I need to, I need to face it until I solve it. And if I have to be on repeat 
in my attempt to face it, then that's what it is. It is what it is. So hopefully you're here for it. And, and if you're not, then you won't be. And, and then I, I, I see it in my numbers, my download numbers, and I just have to be okay with that. But, uh, that's kind of, I mean, that's just what I'm contending with, particularly this season. So I'm really, while on one hand, I feel a little bit guilty. And maybe I think I've said this before, a little embarrassed. On another hand, I'm proud. <laughs> it's really a weird phenomenon. I'm proud because I'm confronting it. And even though I've not been able to solve it and resolve it, it is no longer controlling me in an unconscious space because now I'm becoming mindful. There's, I'm, I'm exercising mindfulness about this issue. So anyway, anyway. You can't drive a situation that you're not willing to be conscious of, that you're not willing to be mindful of, that you're not willing to acknowledge, right? So me bringing up an issue when it gets overwhelming for me and then I talk about my feelings, right? And that's fine. It's fine like, to me, like when I'm in my full INTJ self, I don't even think I need to add the eight part of me. Like when I have feelings and those feelings help me to solve and help me to provide data to the top of my stack, what is my intuition and my thinking going to do? And that feed that feeling is a critical part of that problem solving process. Everything is great. But when those feelings come up and I'm not problem solving, I'm just venting. That's not cool. <laughs> it's just not cool. So anyway, that is the dilemma. But I know one thing. There is no driving without mindfulness, without consciousness. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think there's a part of me that wants to venture off and talking about the different, about attention. And that which you give your attention to will manifest even more. And that's metaphysical. Let me say it differently. That's spiritual. There are spiritual principles um, that in my world of spirituality and, and, and even not just my individual world, but the Christian spiritual world that I come from, that is a principle in the Christian space. As a man thinketh, so is he. I don't know what scripture that is, but it, I believe that is a scripture. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I think there's also a metaphysical truth that you, whatever you give attention to will manifest. And in terms of uh, learning science and learning theory, it comes up in terms of how you enhance the learning process by increasing attention to the thing that is being learned. So I've been thinking about that and I've been so focused on driving in my professional self and my physical self that the social me has been very reactive. It's been very reactive. I need to be really honest. I got a little bit of an FI sensation happening, not big enough for me to just lock it in and say, yeah. So if you're new, uh, when I say an FI sensation, it's something that happens in my body that I'm attributing to a cognitive function that Carl Jung calls introverted feeling. It's just my theory. I've not heard anybody else to say this, but it's something I've been saying for about 
five years, if not more. And this project is three years old. So I've always said it in this project. So um, I believe I've been saying it for five years. But anyway, um, and when I am talking and then like there's a wave of emotion that will just suddenly go through my body, that has come to mean for me that I've just stumbled on a moment of truth. So I just had that, but it wasn't the full emotional wave. It was just, so I don't know. We'll see, but um, I haven't been driving my social life. I haven't. I have been experiencing my social life, receiving it. And on one hand, on one aspect of it, it has gotten me in the world of trouble. Because just writing it and just experiencing it and receiving it, just kind of going through the motions, going by the maps that have been given to us um, by the social world or the map that was given to me by the social world. Yeah, I don't have to put a lot of thought into it. I'm just going with it. Oh, this is how you do social? Okay, then you do social this way. And it's not like I even consciously thought it, but I'm pretty sure that's what I was doing. The world gave me a map about how to do social, and I went with it based on what was within my access, what resources I had, my social capital, and I did the social based on the map that was given to me. And that map started having, I started having conflict with that map that was given to me in my 40s. And, uh, and I do, I want to talk about it because I think of those, those forties, that, that, that entire decade, it was powerful of me confronting the map, uh, confronting the relationships that, that were born from the map. And I started having conflict with those relationships. One after one after another, I was having conflict with people I love. These are really, these were people I was really close with. This is this is how I was doing intimacy. And just one after another, I was having conflict. And I'm pretty practical. I'm an INTJ. And so at some point, I'm like, yo, uh, this is, you're the common denominator to all this conflict. <laughs> See, you can't put it on Sally and Sue and Jane. I'm giving these generic names, by the way. You can't say it's them. I want to because Sally did something, Sue did something, Jane didn't did something, and I can I can argue what they did. I can defend why it was a problem. I can make a case for it. I can make a case for why Sally Saint Jew and Sally Sue Jane and whatever why what they did was problematic for me to challenge it, possibly in that relationship on the surface. I could do that. I can make that argument. But the rational part of me, the and what I'd like to say, the wisdom part of me, was like, yo, well, why are you going through all of this now? So you're gonna have you're gonna have a problem with everybody? How does that work? And I had to challenge myself. I had to interrogate that. And so what I've come to understand and accept is that I was going through a major change. I don't know if it would be a midlife crisis. I think I really hit my midlife crisis at the towards the end of 40. But maybe maybe that's what was happening. Maybe it was starting to surface that midlife crisis. 
and the people I was having those intimate relationships with, not sexual intimate, but emotional, spiritual intimacy. Uh, it just was no longer working for me because while I'll, while I was having this social conflict, I was blossoming individually with my sense of self. I was coming to terms with it. And all I really wanted to do in my mind is um, all I think all I was saying is I wanted to be able to share that development and that growth within the context of those intimate relationships. But it didn't match. And um, it was a conflict. So anyway, I've processed this many times before. So so anyway, um, but I was, those relationships were all born out of the map, the social map that was given to me. Not based on the person I was either becoming or the person I was born to be. I think we can philosophically unpack that. Becoming what I was supposed to be in the first place. So I think Carl Jung talks about this with individuation that as we go through life, we become less and less the person that we were supposed to be if we don't do the process of individualize, individualizing, individuating rather, I'm sorry, individuating. Really taking a look at what is it that we consume in terms of the sense of self of the world, our values, our beliefs, our motivations? Is that coming from the outer or coming from the inner? Now, technically, it comes from both, but, and I think that's fine as long as there's a healthy balance. But when you become more of what the world tells you you should be, particularly when it doesn't match what is on the inside of you, that's a problem. That's just a problem. So, Anyway, um, so I would say up until my 40s, I was just doing the social life based on the social map that was given to me. And then I would say at the end of my 40s, at, in my 50s, I'm like, okay, that doesn't work for me. That map doesn't work for me anymore. I need to create my own map. As a matter of fact, it was probably at 48. Because I wrote this blog a blog series. I think there were four essays that I wrote around my birthday. Not on not on this not on my website for this project, but on my other another alias um website. <laughs> but people even though it's I have a pseudonym, um people know who that they know it's me. So but anyway. Anyway, so I, um, but I started going, mm, I want something different. And, um, I, I, it was really, that was a difficult time in my life to say I wanted to, uh, to, to do a different type of social because I was also coming out of a relationship, dealing with hardship, having to get back on my feet, having to make some decisions that weren't really born out of my higher self, but they were decisions born out of the need to survive, right? When you think about um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, that lower tier, the physiological need, I had to attend to. So then I started, I put myself in incomes 
to get to in, in positions to get a particular income to get on my feet. You guys are hiring processes. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna unpack that now, but that was an interesting thing to happen at the same time of me saying, Hey, I'm getting ready to pursue a different kind of social. Two things. I didn't know what the new social was supposed to be. I just knew what I didn't want to do anymore. I didn't want to. And basically my old social based on the old map is really, really born out of the impact of my upbringing, if you will. Because in my upbringing, I learned a very specific type of love. I was given a very specific scope of what love is. What is intimacy? What is love? And I was just, att- I was attracted to friends who mirrored that type of intimacy and love. So, um, yeah, I did that up until I wasn't willing to do it anymore. And then when I wasn't willing to do it anymore, like I now got to define something. I got to define something that I don't have an idea how to define it. I'm still surrounded by pretty much the same people. Right. So I can't go to the people who are around me to give me this new scope of social because they're going to keep giving me what they know. And in addition to that, I guess a third thing that I started confronting is I started, I still was experiencing conflict because where some of those friends, most of those friends um, I released in my forties. Now I'm around family and I wasn't really trying to release them. But there's that there's that homeostasis trying to maintain what already is. And I'm trying to do something different what's going to cause this disequilibrium, uh, like what's going to disrupt that. And so the system just tried to bring me back into the fold, try to punish me, try to direct. I mean, they're just, you know, from a systems theory perspective, that's kind of what I saw with the people in my life that I that were still in my life after like my late forties. And, you know, so anyway, I, I didn't have a map. I didn't have an environment. I was waging, dealing with this homeostasis war. And then the day, the, and then I was, um, working outside of my working. I was under, underemployed. I was working underneath my training, Right. If I'm trained to function at a level seven or eight, taking a job at a level level two is problematic. Now it was strategic. I did it to be strategic. But in terms of, you know, we spend a lot of time with people we work with. So there's a social embedded in the work. And so those relationships that were formed when I was underemployed, they came with a little bit of disconnect because it's like, and that's actually what I've been dealing with. For the past few years, like all of my relationships have been born out of the kind of like the imposter me, right? The survival me. Like, how do I get back on my feet? How do I reclaim what I lost? And because this is really interesting how this is, this reflection is coming together and, and I haven't, it's coming together because I can see something that I, I stated in the introduction. I could see it being illuminated and clarified right now. So hopefully I can get that clarity to you that's starting to happen in, inside of me. So let's just pray. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. 
So those relationships were not really authentic. And that's hard for me to say because I, I would love to say that they're authentic. Um, I spent, I spent Friday and Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday night with, uh, one of the friends that, um, from year two of my imposter employment, if you will, I'm going to call that season of employment, my imposter time or my survival time. Um, and so one of the friends, um, we hung out Friday night and then we hung again out Saturday night, which that's kind of bizarre that we did that. Now that I think about it, but anyway, that is, that's enough. That's actually, it's one of the events I love. One of the three events I wanted to process with you. And then, um, Saturday during the day, like morning and afternoon, I connected with someone from my old life in terms of professional. So I wasn't an imposter, but it was before I had decided to change my social map. And he's younger, but we hung out. It was really, really powerful. Uh, It was just at some point, I don't know if I'll get to it today, but it was a very powerful time with him, you know, both of the people this weekend, they were men. One was a white guy at 48, I think. And the other one was a black guy at 37. And here I am at 52. <laughs> so, hmm. anyway, somebody told me recently, they thought I would, it would make sense for me to date younger, like substantially younger. My sister is dating younger. And so when I think of me dating younger, I don't see it the way my sister's dating younger. So I don't really know. I need to process that. But the person who argued that I needed to date younger is because they said I have a youthful spirit. I don't, I don't think completely. Like I think professionally, I don't, but socially I do. Like I still love playing. I love to play. I love to have a good time. I love to be goofy. You know, I love to be optimistic. I love to be open, you know, hopeful, excited. I love those things when I'm, when I'm in my intimate space. It's not professionally per se, not as much at least. And, um, this a friend of mine was saying, he was like, I don't think you're going to find somebody your age who will have that level of enthusiasm, optimism, playfulness. I started thinking uh, a couple of days ago, I was walking my dogs and somebody we have, uh, there's some, uh, I was in a space where there was some construction and one of the construction workers, and he was really by himself and he waved in this like very familiar kind of wave. Like, and I'm like, hi, I mean, I, I, I speak to people now. It's not something I did when I was in my twenties, but now that I learned power and, Anyway, I've learned to speak and I think it could have been, anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. And uh, so when he waved and it felt very familiar, I'm like, okay, hi. And then I'm talking to him. And so we started talking and we're just talking, you know, like, man, this dude is friendly. But he, I was talking to him as though he was a stranger. He was talking to me as he as though he knew me. And so about five minutes, into, about five minutes into the conversation, I was like, do we know each other? <laughs> he 
He was like, yeah, we went to school together. <laughs> we went to school together. He said, and I saw you a few weeks ago. I tried to speak to you, but you were, you didn't see me. So he's, yeah, not only did we go to school together, he's seen me recently and apparently he tried to talk to me. But anyway, I'm like, good Lord, I need to do better. <laughs> I was five minutes into that conversation before it occurred to me. Like, do you know him? <laughs> I don't know why I think that's funny. So anyway, um, but he's a year older than me and he looks older. He looks older and I look older. Like I see myself in the mirror. So I, I definitely have that look of being in my fifties, but. Most of the people I know my in my age bracket, other than my sister, but I'm five. My sister's in her late forties, mid to late forties. So, but we're very similar. We play. We hang out, you know. And my sister plays more than I do, and I've been really thinking about her a lot. Like, you know, she posted a video on Instagram, and so I happened to be with my person at that time. We were at at the, you know, she was going to get some her, her chemo infusion. And um, I showed her the video of my sister and my person was like, yeah, your sister's living her best life right now. And it, I didn't feel jealous. And I don't usually feel, I think have you heard me talk about this before, I don't usually feel jealousy and envy. But I felt something, but it wasn't a something of she, she doesn't deserve that. And why does she get, it was more like she is living her best life. And why can't I do that? And if I can do it, why am I not doing it? So one is, can I do it? And if, and two is, if I can, why am I not but then if I push that conversation a little further, that in, that idea further, I am hanging out. I think that's kind of, that's the whole driving versus receiving. I'm hanging out. And on some level, it looks like I'm driving. I think it is. I think that this new social map that I don't know what the hell I'm doing, that I started trying to be mindful of four years ago when I turned 48. I, I was confronting with like working as an imposter, not having the money, you know what I mean? Just the battles, all of that. But I still was conscious of, Hey, I want to build a new social. And then the pandemic happened and I got pushed, we got all pushed in the house. And so one of the things I wanted to do was just observe myself, monitor myself, observe myself and all of that. And, um, but as the world opened back up and um, I became more sturdy and stable on my feet and I started moving back into leadership roles, which on the surface was like, oh, I'm moving back into my rightful place. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. One thing that has been coming up for me in my spirit over the past month is borrowed leadership or borrowed time. 
I was doing leadership the last two to three years and it wasn't the right kind of leadership. I was borrowing someone, someone else's leadership. It wasn't my kind of leadership. My kind of leadership is entrepreneurial leadership. And it, entrepreneurial is a word that I, um, I think I had a, one of the events I wanted to tell you about yesterday, um, was an event with a room full of entrepreneurs, maybe 50 entrepreneurs. And I spent the day with them and we were listening to speakers. So I didn't have a lot of one-on-one. I had a little bit of one-on-one interaction with them. Mostly we were listening to speakers, but nonetheless, I was like, oh my God, these people are talking my language. These people sound like me. These people value what I value. And they identify as entrepreneurs. See, I will, and I'll identify as a social change agent. I'll identify as a, mm, innovator. And then I do, I've recently in the last couple of years have started identifying as a leader, but it's not that borrowed leadership. It's not systems leadership at all. And that was kind of confirmed yesterday. So I think I'm going to try to integrate entrepreneurship a little bit more into my little, my, my lexicon, my vocabulary, my identity. I think I'm going to try to maybe, will I add that as a disclaimer? I don't know, but I do want to start bringing that in. Am I a traditional entrepreneur? No, I don't have a desire to sell things just for the sake of selling them and to be on my own. But right now I'm, I'm, um, I'm pursuing an independent entrepreneurial life because there's a lifestyle that I told you guys at the beginning of the audio. There's a lifestyle that I'm trying to manifest and mastermind. And I can't get there through traditional employment. So I have to be on my own. Um, or I at least have to have Contracts that give me a high level of autonomy and independence and flexibility. So that's something that I've come to terms with. I mean, I've been really, you know, coming to terms with that over the last maybe month or two to the point now where I can't, I really can't see myself ever in a, a traditional position again. And that's exciting and scary to say that because that's a big statement. (laughs) It's a big statement for somebody who likes to live financially, you know, okay. And, um, but there's just got to be another way to receive that financial security, that financial wealth, because employment, mm -mm, it just doesn't allow me to use all of my skills. And, And I did an episode two years ago, I think, maybe, maybe two and a half, two years ago. And um, I don't know the name of it, but in that episode, I said, and I was walking. I remember it was an episode. I was walking outside, walking the dogs. It was a little windy. But at the end of that episode, I was like, I'm never going to do another job where I'm not using at least 85% of my skills. And I got that. After I said it, I had two jobs that allowed me to use 85% of, well, I had another job that allowed me to use 85% of my skills and I was still miserable. So either I didn't choose the right 85% or I didn't, 
or I need to not settle for 85% and go after 195% or if not 100 So anyway, but anyway, I was, um, so yeah, I'm on the entrepreneurial me and, um, I don't even know how I fell into this rabbit hole. So let me try to find my way back. But having friends in that borrowed leadership me, even though it's, you know, it's not as, I wasn't as underemployed. In the last two years, I've not been as underemployed as I was four years ago. And on the surface, I looked like I was employed at my level because I was at a leadership level in this, in the system. And I was willing to accept because I don't have a lot of system leadership experience. I was willing to be okay with the level I was at as, Oh, this is the level, even though the people who were supervising me, it was gross in terms of them learning from me and bringing me to the, and this is so fascinating, bringing somebody to the table, giving them access to leadership when my, it was a, it was complicated. And you guys, I think I've processed this with you all. It was a complication because I wanted to be at the leadership table, but oftentimes when I was at that leadership table, I was bringing more, not oftentimes, I was bringing more to the table than what other people were brought to the table. So then there was an imbalance in my opinion. So all I had a seat at the table. I don't really feel like I should be teaching you. And you make almost twice as much money as I make. And you have more capital and more power. And I'm your subordinate. I do not feel cool. I'm not keen on this idea that as a subordinate to you, I'm now teaching you. You know, I don't like that. Now, if you move out the way and you tell me, you give me something to run and you leave me to hell alone, I'm okay with it. But that's not what being at the decision-making table was about anyway. Anyway, so anyway, I said all of that to just to say that my relationships in the last two years are not as filled with strife because I'm not that I had, I was doing some form of leadership. And so those relationships born out of that were fine. But what I, I think I've been intuitively knowing for a few weeks now and yesterday confirmed it. Social, excuse me, the entrepreneurial leadership is the kind of leader I am. It's who, it's, that's the type of leader I am. I talk about sometimes being or manager, a manager leader, or organizational leader, uh, an intellectual leader, a thought leader. People leader, like there are different types of leaders, but I think entrepreneurial leadership requires you to know how to do all of those, right? That's what's beautiful about it because you get to move around. Whereas the leadership that I was doing over the past couple of years was very boxy for my position. And then I come to the table and I bring in the expansiveness of the different leadership I brought, I bring to the table in my unpolished self because I think I don't even look the part. You know, and then some of that me not looking the part is intentional. Like I love being disruptive. Your perception, what is your perspective perception of dealing with a person who knows what I know? Right? 
It doesn't look like cool. I don't carry my, I had somebody was like, you're a doctor. You should be dressing differently. That's stupid. That's stupid to me. And if, then that's lovely to disrupt. I'm going to dress the way I dress. And you still have to call me doctor, even though I don't look like a doctor, you know, not a medical doctor, you guys, an academic, (laughs) that's an academic doctor. So like if this, then that's disruptive work. And there's the anti-social eight part of me, the Enneagram me, because that's stupid that you're going to say a doctor has a a look. Mm -mm. And I know if you're a censor and you're listening to me, you know, they say you got to dress the part. No, 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 no. When I was younger, I did, but I'm not now. I'm not doing that now. That's my disruption. I'm not doing that. That's me being an anti-social, not following that social norm. But anyway. So I I think that as I think about this social map and really trying to figure out what is my social map, part of that is me acknowledging who I am as a social being. Like who, oh, this is so good. This is good, you guys. Who is the social, what's, how do I want to say it? Okay, I think I said this last week, but we have different selves. We have different selves that we move in about throughout the day because we're interacting in different contexts and different contexts, different social contexts bring out the different parts of us, right? And who we are with our, when we're by ourselves, when we with our kids, when we with our siblings, when we're with our parents, when we're with our coworkers, when we're with our bosses, when we're with our spiritual leaders, when we're with our neighbors, right? All of those are different selves. And, um, anyway, but this social map, like when I look at my sister living her best life, part of that is her living, living, leaning into her social self and her social self makes way for her life. But I have been neglecting, there it is. I'm on it. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to the thing I need to get to. Uh, I have have not been developing a social self. I've been developing a self-preservation self, y'all. I didn't think that was going to come out of me. That's fascinating. I was going to say I've been developing a professional self. That's not true. Right? Because if that were true, I would have been not underemployed. You don't build something that's beneath where you should be. <laughs> I'm trying to build a doorway for me to walk under. I'm seven foot tall, but I'm building a doorway for a five foot person, five foot tall person. That's ridiculous. Now, I might have to go stoop and bend over to walk through a doorway that only allows for five feet to go underneath it. I might have to bend over to do that. But if I'm building that archway, if I'm building that doorway, why in the hell would I build it for me to stoop over? Oh my God, this is a perfect metaphor. So that's what I, so I I haven't been building my social self. I've been mindful that I want to do more social. That's, that's not true. And I've been going out more. So I've been kind of building some habits habits yeah habits I think is a good word and then 
there's a part of me when I just said I'm building, part of me was like, you're not building that. You did that before. You're just dusting it off. Okay. So here it is. This, here it is. This is it. Before I did the social cleansing, I had, I had social habits, but those social habits were built on, built on the social me from the map I inherited. I inherited a certain, a, I inherited a social map and I had habits based on that inheritance. Then I went through a cleansing process. And I don't really think in that cleansing process, I was building a social self. Mm-mm. I wasn't even, I wasn't even trying to act it out. Even. Or maybe, I don't know. Was I trying to act it out? I think I was trying to, I, I think I was trying to bring the, the part of me that I was either discovering or releasing or leaning into, I was trying to bring that self into the social world that I had inherited. That didn't work. So when that fell apart, I continued to continue to work on me. And then a few years ago, I was like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to build the social again. But I didn't have a map. And I didn't have a self. I didn't have the new social self. So everything I was doing was was kind of filled with fraud. If is that a word? It wasn't. It wasn't prospering. I was functioning outside of. I wasn't folks functioning at my professional level. But the bigger piece of it is that I wasn't functioning at my right place as the social self that I am. I was in survival mode. This is, y'all, this, this reflection is coming through. It's unbelievable. Now, you might not be enjoying it, but it's coming through for me. Like, I'm getting to that, that impression. I'm getting there. Um, and so I think what, as I try to start bringing closure, um, I think what, and I didn't talk about what I wanted to talk about, but anyway, this is what it is. I think that what I've, I, I want to celebrate that I have developed or I have, there it is. I've returned to my social habits and when I, the, the positive ones rather hanging out, having different circles. And I'm not, I'm not nearly where I used to be. I used to have about five to six social circles. And then, you know, I started playing around with having gatherings in my house. And I love bringing people together from those circles because I had very vast, different types of people in my life. And on some level, I'm disjoint. I'm a little jaded from doing that now because I'm back in my hometown and I feel like I know everybody. I don't feel like getting to know. I don't have access to the different social circles because my people are not in this city. That's how it feels for the most part. But then another part of me is like, I don't want to be local. I, I, I call myself unlocalized. I don't want my social identity restricted to my local city. So that means I have to get out and go to other cities and be about so anyway, which I did yesterday. I went to another city to that event where I was with those entrepreneurs. I was in a different city. I was in a different state. And my God, it was amazing. And it was cultural. So it had, had, and it, it wasn't exclusively black, 
but it was predominantly black and it had the cultural flavor. And I've been talking about that, like needing, needing that culturalness. That's what I've been thinking about this week. I don't know if I said it to you all, but needing that cultural connection and also being connected to the spiritual self or that higher self or the, the me that I'm trying to be. And I've been having a hard time finding a community that offers me the spiritual and the cultural. And in this really weird way, yesterday did it. Yesterday did it. And I'm not saying spiritual as in church. So that's, and that was what was so beautiful yesterday. Yesterday was like a little conference. It's a little mini, it was a mini conference. And to go to this conference with these other entrepreneurs and, and see the spiritual aspect loud was awesome. It was awesome. It was really nice. So I, I am not, I'm now returning to having like, I didn't, I hung out with somebody Friday night. Then I went to this conference in another state yesterday and during the day. And then I made commit, like there was like a 30 minute gap between being with two different people from different worlds. And everything, part of me was like, I had a busy week. I just wanted to be in the house on the weekend. I just wanted to like shut it down and have quietness. I wanted to do my introversion and I wanted to cancel. And the only thing that stopped me is like, you know that you have to build this social. And truthfully, if I more than likely, had I not gone through the hardship with my relationship, had I not lost these family members and had this fundamental shift in how I'm experiencing my family, I would be leaning more into my introversion. Right now I would be. Um, I think in the past few years, I've been more extroverted because I had to, <laughs> you know, because of just, I, well, I, well, that's not true. I wanted to, but where I'm at right now, uh, because of the the entrepreneurship that I'm doing requires me to do that a lot of that extrovertedness, and I'm really getting my social. I, I really get my social through my work and getting my and with my work returning to entrepreneurship, right? Because I was an entrepreneur uh, 15 years ago. Getting my work back to my uh, connected to my entrepreneurship. Um, I think, excuse me, getting my social connected to the entrepreneurship, whatever. I think that feels right for me, but because it's extroverted and it's entrepreneurial on the weekends, I'm just like, yo, I'm done. I don't really need to talk to anybody. And I've been spending the last few weekends, I've been allowing myself to do one thing, but no way in hell did I want to do three social events back to back this weekend. Not at all, but I did it. Right, because I've got on the mat. I'm trying to mastermind something, and so that's something I would have. That's that's dusting off an old habit. The fact that that event that I went to yesterday was a match for me. Like I felt like those were my people in that room, and not people that are familiar to me. And I realize that when I, we talk about having a squad or a team or I'm borrowing from the solo podcast, 
the term having a forest. I've been using that as a singular community, my team, my squad, my force. But yesterday it occurred to me, you might have multiple. And I guess if you think about the map, they're different forests, right? Different teams. And that's okay. And so um, that was really nice. And But I think those people would be a force for me. But I got to get to know them. But they're not the only, they're not the only people. I think I have another, so that's like, a, that's cultural entrepreneurial. I think I can see myself in an entrepreneurial space that's not cultural. But damn, it's nice to have that cultural piece. So I can, so those are two uh, communities out. I think that there's a desire for me to have a, a music community or art community. And somebody was challenging me the other day. It was like, you're an artist. You 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 live out your artistry through karaoke, yeah. But that's not that's that's an insult <laughs> to art, right? But before, when I lived in other states and I was doing open mic singing, and I need to get back into doing that. And every time I think about the art part of my desires, I, I like I literally get excited on the inside. So I just don't know why I haven't prioritize it other than being super busy internally and externally but um but yeah I don't know I don't even know where I'm at in this discussion but I think this is what I think this is the bottom line here for me is that I'm back as you know embracing the work that I'm doing as an entrepreneur and there are highs and lows one of my clients um needed to push our contract out a little bit. What what I love about there, I was not happy about it, but I remember I said I'm motivated by the plan. This is the plan. There was no nothing in my mind that told me I was going to have two clients right off the bat, <laughs> but I wasn't going to complain about it. And so one thing that I've think could have happened is had and having those two large clients they were pretty hefty having those two large clients could have relaxed me but I still need to really develop my system and my machine for getting clients to make sure I have a system that's locked in and not to rest on like hey I got two clients like no and so Having that one client pushed back now gives me the time and the pressure to keep developing the system for getting those clients. So I'm happy about that. Um, and I think there's something else that I'm entertaining from yesterday being in that room with those entrepreneurs, even though this, this was a, a, a place that was about like, um, what's it called? Network marketing. Where you build a team and then you can profit. You're selling a product and then you build your team. And your team, when they sell the product underneath you, you get a profit from their profit. And what you sell, somebody above you get a profit, right? So that's network marketing. So it was one of those things that I had decided to explore um, at the at the end of spring. And uh, and I wanted to explore it 
for three reasons. Number one, the service that it, it sells, I wanted it. And then I was like, well, I've done network marketing before with Mary Kay, but I'm not a makeup person. And so I was like, I don't mind network marketing, but I don't want to sell makeup again or skincare products. And I definitely don't want to be moving uh, merchandise around. So this service doesn't, it's, it's nothing, it's no product. It's a service um, that you ask that you, it's so, and it's something that I wanted for myself. And then I was like, oh, don't just do this service for you. Become a vendor so that if I happen to recruit somebody, if I, if I tell somebody about this service, because I'm doing the service and I tell them about the service and now they want the service, I want to profit off of that. So in order to profit off of that, I would then need to bring them underneath me. But if I didn't become a, an associate in the business of this service, then I would have had to, I would have to take anybody that I sell the service to because just because I'm, I'm pleased with the service. Anybody that I inadvertently sell to would, somebody else would profit off of it. And so my brain was like, no, 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 pay the, pay the extra money so that you can become, uh, I'm going to call it a franchise, but it's, you know, and then you can bring it, bring, bring those people underneath you. You could have a profit. So, um, that was a decision that I made. And then I also believe that I, my social is gotta be connected to my NT, my introverted intuition, extroverted thinking. I love problem solving. I love using my skills. I love building, right? Those, those who, those are my people. I need to be around other people who like doing that. Instead of being around ISFJ, I mean, and I, you know what, it'll be interesting, like, as I start hanging around these, uh, entrepreneurs, it'll be interesting to see what I type them as, right? Are these going to be, are these people mainly, uh, uh, intuitives? Are they sit, I cannot wait to start these people, this, in this community that I'm becoming a part of. I can't wait to see <laughs> what I discover in terms of their typology of the typology of it all. But, but all the same, um, I joined it because I knew that that it would give me a little bit of social. It would give me some of the social. I've been looking to join a social group and I'm like, and the fact that it would satisfy this entrepreneurial side of me, because I've also been looking for some entrepreneur, some communities based on entrepreneurship. Well, this is that I just get to, and I get to work and I get to use my skill set and I get to profit. Win, 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 win. And so, um, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. And that was the event that I went to yesterday. There was so much goodness that came out of that event. Um, spiritually, um, professionally, personally, I was affirmed in so many ways. And there are things that I say, things that I believe in, choices and decisions I make that the people that are in my world now that I'm spending time with, even though I'm trying to, I'm okay. I was going to say, even though I'm trying, I don't have a new map. What I am, the new map that I do have is we're not doing trauma bonding anymore. I'm not building relationships based on that skewed construct of love. The love is hurtful and harmful. Love isn't based on intimacy. Or intimacy is cheap. I'm not doing that. So that's the, that's, 
I shouldn't, I said, I don't have a social map. Well, that's, that's what I have, that I'm not doing the map that I had before, but that's not enough for me in terms of a social map. And so, um, and then I said, you know, me being uh, interacting with people, not at my professional level, which in my profession and my work is such a significant part of my well-being and my identity that wasn't working. So I was dusting off old habits and trying to build with a new type of intimacy. The challenge with that is that you guys, I feel like I'm chasing. I'm kind of bouncing. I'm trying to circle. I'm circling. I'm bouncing, but I'm, I'm circling the drain. There's a place I'm trying to land. And so, so I'm bouncing around that drain. Just so you know that you may not, you may not know, but I know that there it's within the same context. So I was under, um, under identified or I wasn't, I wasn't in my full self. I was, I was, I was operating an off of, of a limited scope of what I wanted from the social. I just didn't want them to be based on, based on my trauma background. And I wanted to get out, you know, and be active and then have my introversion time. (laughs) Um, And so I think what this reflection is telling me is that my, like I attend to, this is a, this is what's happening this season. This season I think is all about my social self and even including some of that trauma that I've had to like really confront. I think that that's about me coming to terms with my social self. I told those two men yesterday I dealt with separately I, I shared things with them that I don't share with people. I actually confided to those two people. And I, they're not new. And so it's interesting. Like, as I was confiding and sharing things that other, you know, I just that I don't commonly share. I was like, huh, what are you doing? But it feels like that's my next level. Yes, I'm moving into entrepreneurship. And yes, and all of that's fine. But I think this next level growth for me, and you guys heard me talk about it last at the end of last at the end of last year, December 2022. This is about I think I said that I wanted this year to be about my social. And I think I called it my totem self. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to some of those episodes. But yeah. And now I'm trying to build the map. And I think just talking this through, I got components of the map. Being active, but not ridiculously active, but meaningfully active. Being in my full self, my totem self, being at the highest level of me. Um, being untraumatized or being aware of trauma. And definitely not... And being unattracted, how about that? Being unattracted to the trauma, and that is definitely the case. As I have met so many people this year that I would have, in the past, we would have become quite good friends. And I'm like, no, mm-mm, sorry, just no. 
and yeah it it's it makes me look like a snob and it also makes me look uh unreasonable like you know that's what my I think the property, the people, my neighbor in the property management company, uh, I think that I would get classified as being unreasonable. You know, it makes me think about Donald Trump saying the woman, the nasty woman, when a woman is unagreeable, unagreeable, disagreeable rather, she's a nasty woman, right? No, I'm not going to agree to my marginalization. I will not agree to my oppression. I will not agree to my objectification. I will not agree to being made powerless. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I will not agree to that. So yes, I am unagree- unagreeable or disagreeable. Yes. Thank you. I should get a t-shirt that says unagreeable. <laughs> I don't know why I want to say unagreeable versus disagreeable. I think disagreeable is like more active. Like I'm, di- but unagreeable is just like I'm. I'm just. I'm not actively pursuing disagreement. I'm just not going to agree with that. Non-agreeable. You know, I'm just not going to do it. So, um, yeah, I think I think I'm working out a map, and I will say the last thing that I need to to really embrace here is well, yeah. There are two things, and I just have, I'm running out of time. I'm not, I'm not at the end of the episode. Intimacy. And I think one of the things that happened, level unlocked yesterday when I was, when I shared a personal side of my, literally, with those men, and I was just really opening up. It has been a long time. Somebody a week or so ago called me KG. And I was like, that's insulting. But I've also been going through this like, you're not, the, you can't even understand where I, you can't even receive me. You can't understand me. I'm going to say some things to you. You're going to think it's odd. So I'm not even going to waste my breath. And so I don't talk. Oh, I'm still bouncing, y'all. It makes me think of an article I couldn't find. I tried to find it today. But I read an article within the last two weeks that talked about how INTJs, when they're doing their social and their intimacy, they're just there experiencing that intimacy. Unless a topic comes up that they're really excited about. But otherwise, they're there. And that's me. But I think that this next level of me, this social me that I'm masterminding, my social world requires more activeness. And I think even more activeness than when I was in my 20s. And that's scary. <laughs> Energetically, that's scary. But I think it's a different type of active. I think in my 20s, it was going to school active and it was partying active. I actually think that if I were doing things, I was, I was really interested in partying. I was really interested in going to school so it didn't feel taxing. So if I can find those places that I'm genuinely interested, believe it or not, you guys, I've looked into a P, another PhD program. 
I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You already have a PhD. Uh, but if that gives me enthusiasm and gets me out interacting with people that are my people, then I might have to do that. And I talked about going to school for it to get a second, a, a third master's, if you will. But, you know, the eight part of me is like, you're going to go back to school. <laughs> you might as well just don't go back for a master's. Get a, get another doctorate. That's ridiculous. But anyway, but there's an active part of me that's trying to come out. That's coming out with more authenticity. And I think that it means something that I went to that event yesterday and that and, and me opening up. And sharing a part of myself that I don't usually share with people. I think there's something symbolic and something spiritual about that. And, um, and I think me being able to, to, to build a social map based on the social me that I'm trying to be. I think this is, this is the time. And it, you know, it, it, I think. I think it's unfolding because that job I left and it was a good job and it felt like a fit for me. Like this, the lesson that I came out of that, that I need to be on my own, back on my own. I don't think it would have happened had I not been at the, the organization I was just, I just was at last year. So although it was difficult, and it, but it was also good. It was like the best of the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> and as a result, I walked out of that with some clear lessons of what I needed to to do, so I can hold on to that that part of the job that was yummy. And I talked about the yumminess of it when it first started, and how to distance myself from the hell of the job, what I found to be completely disastrous. So there was that. You guys witnessed all of that. I talked about the, those, the storm. I talked about two storms. That was one of them. And the second one was my person. And then I finally podcast this summer about the solo. And I found, I saw myself more in that podcast community. Every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, that sounds like me. Those are my values. That's what I want to do. And then to the universe giving me a, cl- a major client. Now it's not the perfect client, but it's perfect for me to get, it is perfect for where I'm at right now. And then for me to think about this service that then put me in some of this like network marketing. I like all of this to me feels really relevant for my social. And I think what's, what will solidify this a little more is that I need to, I need to contend with the, I hate to say this out loud, but I'm just going to say it. I have to contend with the sexual side of me. I got to really, really interrogate. Does that have a, a connection with the social identity? Right? Cause I see sex is so private. But does sexual identity connect at all to the social identity, the social self? I need to chew on that. So there's that. Definitely I need to attend to the romantic. 
because I've had a couple of experiences that has reminded me of the good feeling that comes from that comes from romance. It's been a long time. I was like, I don't need that. I don't need it at all. And I've had a couple of experiences that have made me remember that. And uh, it's like that's a hole. That's a vacancy. Vacancy. We're never gonna go do romance that so we we did in that last ten year relationship, but. We're going to do it again. <laughs> it wasn't all bad. And so I just, rem- I was just reminded of the good, if you will. And uh, so the sexual me, the romantic me. And then I think that there's this adventure play me, this playful me that wants to do things that are big in an eight kind of way, intense, challenging, stimulating, difficult, like all those S-E sensations. And I don't know how I'm going to figure that part. I don't know how I'm figuring all of it. The romantic, the sexual, the romantic, the sexual, and the play. I think, I think that I'm moving into this new social map, but I got three bubbles or three puzzle pieces that are missing. One around the sex, sexual part, the romantic part, and the play part. And I refuse to lock in a social map that's void of those three puzzle pieces. So. Wow, I that that is where I landed. That is where I landed. I what did I start off and I said that I was oh driving versus receiving. Well, that's me driving. I'm gonna go to the metaphor. You can't when you're in the driver's seat. You have to have a map of where you're going. Oh my God, I'm having an emotional reaction. I'm having an fi cessation. I didn't have a social map. I wasn't driving. I was doing social, but as a passenger. You guys, I don't know how I'm going to deal with those three puzzle pieces. I'm going to be really, really honest with you. That's going to be very difficult, but (laughs) no idea how I'm going to solve that. But in the spirit of driving, I will, I will do, I will struggle as best as I can to figure out how to address those three puzzle pieces. So. Before I go, you guys, I want to, before I start giving, wrapping up to give you your assignment, I want to tell you about one of the events that I had this week. Um, I told you about the, 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 the entrepreneurial event and that was fine. I didn't get into the details of the second event, which was when I was with, with my other guy friend. Um, but the third one was, and it's pretty big, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to lose a lot of time here, but, um, I had a different, I had a, like a, a combative exchange with my property management company. And that is because there's a conflict that I'm having with my neighbor that I shouldn't be having with her. She's not the problem. You understand? And, it, and this is how system, this is triangulation. This is systems theory. The problem is not between us. And this is why I try to send her a text message just to say and she doesn't, want that, but I, she may want the conflict. She may have created it, but it doesn't matter whether she wants the conflict, whether she created the conflict. I am not going to be in conflict with her because I have, you understand, like I I need my energy to do something else. And number two, the conflict is with the property management company by failing to do its job to promote peaceful domicile or, you know, quiet living and 
Um, that's the problem with them. So it was a conf- it was a it was a it was an unexpected encounter that was borderline arguing. We were borderline low key arguing. And that was the problem. So I found my voice getting a little shaky because I don't argue with adults. I don't, excuse me, I don't argue, period. And that's so self-preservation ate me. We're not going to argue this out. First of all, I'm going to explain something in a rational way. I expect you to receive it. I expect you to explain something to me in a rational way and I'm going to receive it. I don't have no time for the fucking arguments. Now, you understand, I'm, I'm okay if you say something and it's intense. I can even okay if you say something that's rude, but I'm not having a back and forth with you. And every time I would make one point, the lady would skip. Because all she was really trying to do was handle me, put me in my place. And so every time I started explaining things, she couldn't do it. So then she kept jumping around. And then she got so flustered. She was like, well, I'm going to pull the data of all your emails and texts. I said, please, I guarantee you, I can tell you what you're going to find. But just in case I'm wrong, I'm a data person. The data doesn't lie. You give me that data. She tried to say I complain a lot. No, I have strong opinions. And I take, I, I, I take up for myself and I, t- and I'm advocating for myself and I'm, I'm getting what is due to me. <laughs> so it's, all of this sounds very self, <laughs> self-preservation aid. You know, I don't usually hear that. I know I have self-preservation aid, but I don't usually hear it coming out of my mouth. I usually hear the social. But this is very self-preservation aid. I can guarantee, because when I strike, I strike. If I'm going to send an email, and so now the email might be long and robust. So she was upset that I collected data once on my neighbor vacuuming. Yes, because if I told you they vacuum too much, you wouldn't respect it. So I took a month. I'm a data person. And I collected the data and put it in a spreadsheet and gave you percentages. <laughs> in true INTJ fashion. And she thought she didn't like that. What you mad at me for? Like, like what's the disdain for me? It was a waste of my time. It, you didn't, I didn't make you collect the data. I collected the data and I simplified the data. So I simplified it in a, sim, in a sim, simple sentence, one or two. And then I, I, I gave the data as an attachment. You didn't even have to go through the, da- the data. So what you upset about? You're upset because I spent my time doing it? Or you, you're upset that I had the wherewithal and the ability to do something that you don't understand? Number one. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, I said, no, you're not going to profile me as having a lot of complaints because there have been a lot of complaints that come out that's come off this property. It wasn't me. And you're profiling me. So... So I, I just sent the, the, the text to the young lady. I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I, I, I desire to be cordial. So this complaining that you're doing on me, you can confront it. But she's not going to be able to do it. So, um, but it was so fascinating. What I found myself doing this week is like putting that in context. Like, that's how I know I'm in a good space. Because that shit, excuse me, that don't matter. That's small fish. We got bigger fish to fry. And I think sometimes when people are in competition with me or they're trying to establish, I think what she's trying to do is establish herself as more dominant. Well, you 
can't be more dominant if you're too afraid to have a fucking phone talk. If you're too afraid to confront, like if, if your dominance is limited to digital text, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 cause I, whatever. I, that's not how I do. That's, to me, that's, then you're not, you're not even worth me exercising. You're not even worth me flexing on you because that's a very limited form of dominance. So I just have put all of that in perspective. And so we just, you know, I'm really, that's not a, that's, I got a bigger fish to fry. But I just wanted to say that I was, that was, that was an event that affected me this week of making me confront what's most important, what's not important, right? How am I going to spend my time? What am I threatened by? What am I not threatened by? I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, and I think the, I think the social eight, the eight and eight me has been really activated. Maybe the social eight me has been really activated because I've been trying to do this survival. And now that I'm moving into survival mode, am I going to move more into self-preservation eight? So this is interesting. I can see it. I, I can see it. I can see it. And if that stack, if that instinct is contextual, then that, then that would make sense. What am I going through that would determine which instinct I need for survival in the last four years? I've had to be, I have been insecure. I'm not, I'm not on my feet solidly yet, but I'm like the people I was with yesterday, those entrepreneurs, that's what they talked about. Oh, you're going to have highs and lows. But you prep for those highs and lows. You prep materially and spiritually and emotionally for those highs and lows. So that you can continue the journey. So I'm not going to stop my journey of trying to be secure. Because of uh, secure in a way that matches who I am as an entrepreneurial leader. As a person, as a nonconformist, that's looking for a, a different type of social, I'm not going to stop pursuing that because I don't. It doesn't offer me baked in security because it doesn't. I would love for it to, but I've just have been pursuing security over the past few years, and that's rinse and repeat. And I don't want to do that. It, that was boring. So I now I'm pursuing something that has baked in insecurity in it. If I, but I can prep for that. So we'll see. And if I change, if I, I change, then you'll hear me process it. But for now, so that, those those were the three events that impacted me this week. And it's about building a social map. Hey, you guys, if this reflection has any value for you, please give it a heart. If this or like or thumbs up, whatever. If this conversation about. Um, the um, social world, like pursuing a social life, pursuing what does it mean to be, to have a social self and to have a social life? Or is your social life based on a social map that you inherited? Or is it based on a social map that you have created? And if you're created, what, what are the dimensions? What are the dimensions of your social map? Um, if so anyway, if that, that sounds like the assignment, right? But if that conversation relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take a link.
take this link, give it to those participants. If my moving about it's caused some randomness and you'd love to hear it, you can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, Twitter, yournidom1, Facebook, and YouTube, yournidom. Let me give you an assignment. It's a two-parter, but they're related. How do you define your social self? And I'm not talking about like a social self as in social roles, but social self as in the social. Well, who are you to other? When you're out and about and you're interacting in a world, who are you socially? What is your social identity? Who are you? Primarily. Some people interact in the world as a mom. Some people were interacting as a minister. Some people, and that's all fine. Who, what is your social self? And what is your social life? What is your social life? If you're an INTJ or an INFP, an INFJ, any kind of introvert, you might be like, you're killing me with this, this assignment. These last few episodes have been about the social. It's so interesting. It has been. And even I ended last season with the social. I think this is because this is my area of growth, y'all. This is really where I'm needing to grow. That other stuff, building a business, it's not easy, but it's not hard. I know, I'm like, I know how to strategize. I wake up every day. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do the, do a little more of this, do a little less of that. But the social, it's almost paralyzing for me. I don't know. And so I'm just going to keep pushing through. Maybe you'll push through if you're, if you are like me. So do that assignment. Okay. Hey, you guys, it's been a pleasure hanging. Oh, oh yeah. I think that's how it goes. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Let me start over. Hey, you guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. Be well. Bye.